Here First is sponsored by UCS Healthcare, proudly delivering healthcare services across Iowa, specializing in mental health, substance use disorder treatment, and medical care with a special focus on LGBTQIA plus healthcare. More at ucsonline.org. Today is Monday. It's the 13th of February. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. Some parents and staff at the Iowa School for the Deaf are expressing concerns about what the governor's state agency reorganization bill would mean for the future of the school and the deaf community in Iowa. The bill would move the school from under the control of the Board of Regents to the Department of Education, and it would repeal a section of Iowa law that requires the legislature to approve any plans to close the school. Speaking through an American Sign Language interpreter, Sarah Young Bear Brown says the school has made her six-year-old daughter so happy. She says the state has a one-year plan to keep funding the school, but she's scared about what will happen after that. It's like our second home. I don't want to see another school close. I do not want to see that. We need to keep Iowa School for the Deaf open. Governor Kim Reynolds' office says there are no plans to close the Iowa School for the Deaf, but lawmakers say they're concerned about potentially losing the power to decide whether the school should be closed. Experts are saying they expect a reduced flood risk across the Missouri River Basin this spring. We get those details from IPR's Katie Pikus. With much of the basin in drought, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers predicts runoff to be below average for a third year. John Remus is the chief of the Corps' Missouri River Basin Water Management Division. He says the Corps plans to continue its water conservation measures this year, including releasing the minimum amount of water from its reservoirs. There is presently and will be adequate water in the reservoirs and in the river reaches between the reservoir systems and below the system to serve all water supply needs. Remus says the Corps continues to monitor weather forecasts and river conditions and will make adjustments to the releases if needed. The chairman of the Republican Party of Iowa says there will be layer upon layer of safeguards for voting in the 2024 Iowa Republican Party's caucuses that will kick off the GOP's presidential campaign. Jeff Kaufman made his comments this weekend on Iowa Press, which airs on Iowa PBS. Any system we use will have multiple checks and it will be open to anyone uh, in the media and any Republican to take a look at it. Kaufman was just re-elected to another term as chairman of the Republican Party of Iowa. He also led the party during the 2016 and 2020 Iowa caucuses. Meanwhile, the Democratic National Committee voted earlier this month to replace the Iowa Democratic Party's caucuses and have the South Carolina primary kickoff voting as Democrats select a presidential nominee. Kaufman says he's not ready to give up on Iowa Democrats somehow getting that decision reversed. However, Kaufman has assembled a committee to consider what needs to happen to ensure an Iowa voter doesn't participate in the Iowa GOP's caucuses and in the Democratic Party's caucuses if they are not on the same night. And the U.S. Food and Drug Administration says it will not regulate the hemp product CBD as a dietary supplement. Instead, it will work with Congress to develop a new framework for regulation. As Harvest Public Media's Eva Tesfaye reports, that has been frustrating for hemp growers who were hoping for clear guidelines. Both sellers and growers will have to wait longer to see federal regulations on CBD, a product that the wellness industry has touted as having all kinds of health benefits. DeMarcus Medley, a farmer in Galesburg, Illinois, said a lack of clarity on whether his CBD can be infused into food products was part of the reason he decided not to grow a hemp crop last year. 
I have to decide, you know, at a certain point if I'm going to plant or not. So I can't wait on Congress to decide if I can, you know, sell this product after I grow it. The FDA said it could not comment on a specific timeline, but it is looking forward to working with Congress to balance consumer desire for CBD products with regulatory oversight. It's going to be another sunny and mild day today across Iowa with rain in the forecast tomorrow. This is Here First. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Republican lawmakers passed another one of Governor Kim Reynolds' priorities last week. It caps non-economic damages for victims of medical malpractice. And the legislature is just starting to work through Reynolds' 1,500-page state government reorganization bill and already finding some potentially controversial policies in it. IPR state government reporter Katerina Sestarek is keeping track of this and is here. Hey, Katerina. Good morning, Clay. So last week, the legislature voted to put a hard limit on how much money Iowans can recover for pain and suffering when they're a victim of medical malpractice. Uh, Elaborate a little bit here. What stood out in that debate? The most striking thing was that Republicans were debating Republicans, and you don't see that very often in the Iowa legislature. It was also pretty emotional, with some lawmakers sharing personal stories of how their families were affected by medical errors. And those who supported the bill said Iowa is facing a serious shortage of doctors and that this will help fix that. And it's just one piece of the legislature's efforts to try to improve health care access, especially in rural communities. In the House, 11 Republicans ended up joining almost all Democrats in voting against the bill. And they're saying that this just won't actually work to bring in more doctors. It'll only benefit insurance companies. And they say it denies justice to Iowans by putting a one-size-fits-all monetary value on people's lives. Remind us what this new policy policy actually means for Iowans? Well, if a jury determines that medical malpractice caused severe injury or death, non-economic damages will be capped at $2 million when a hospital is involved and $1 million for an independent clinic. Non-economic damages are what's awarded for injuries like pain and suffering, and previously juries could decide how much money to award the plaintiff. Economic damages for things like medical bills and ongoing care will still be unlimited. Punitive damages are also unlimited, but those are rare in these cases. Supporters expect that this will keep medical malpractice insurance rates level and help providers stay in Iowa, but it's, it's not clear if that'll really happen. At the beginning of this legislative session, Governor Reynolds announced in her condition of the state address that she wants to streamline state government and and take the number of state agencies from 37 down to 16. Where does that proposal stand at this point? Well, it's moving pretty slowly. The bill is over 1,500 pages long, and usually a bill that's making its way through the legislature will get one subcommittee hearing in the House and one in the Senate. But with this bill, each chamber is planning multiple hearings, possibly up to five in the House alone. And House Republicans are splitting up sections of the bill among different lawmakers so they can dig into the details. The Senate has so far held one hearing on some sections of the bill, and another one is planned for today. But this bill has not actually been voted on yet at any level. All right. So it sounds like a lot of pages to kind of pour over. Uh, But what are leaders saying about the bill at this point then? 
It seems that the overall goal of finding efficiencies in state government and improving access for Iowans has not been controversial. The governor's office says that no staff will be laid off as a result and that it'll save the state over $200 million in the next four years. But, you know, as people start looking into the details of the bill, it's just becoming clear that there are some major policy changes inside of it. One would allow the state attorney general, who is now a Republican, to override county prosecutors' decisions in charging people with crimes. And that's something Democrats and county attorneys are opposing. I've also heard some lawmakers say they're concerned about parts of the bill potentially taking away their authority to have certain oversight of the executive branch. And we'll just keep learning more about what's in this bill in the weeks to come. Okay, so one last thing here. A a bill advanced last week that would loosen some of Iowa's child labor regulations. What are the prospects for that? Well, it sounds like the bill will be amended, so I'm not sure what it'll look like in the end. But some Republican lawmakers seem intent on expanding the hours and places that teens can work as one strategy for dealing with the state's workforce shortage. Opponents of the bill say it'll put the health and safety of kids at risk by potentially allowing them to work in more dangerous occupations. All right. So finally, as always, Katerina, what are you watching this week and expecting to happen? Lawmakers will likely send a property tax fix to the governor's desk to avoid a tax hike. There will be more hearings on the governor's state government reorganization bill and probably some more discussions of the governor's health care bill that includes more funding for anti-abortion pregnancy centers. Katerina Sestarek, IPR state government reporter. Thanks so much. Thanks, Clay. This is Here First from IPR News. You can always find this podcast wherever you subscribe to them. And for news anytime, including what's going on at the legislature, go to IPR.org. I'm Clay Masters.